after that, if it continues without treatment, you're going to be getting other organs involved. And Lyme really affects five organ systems, the skin, the heart, the nervous system, the joints, and the bladder. And it could be really any parts of those in any combination that we tend to see. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results... You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. Just a little over four months ago, my wife Amanda, myself, and our dog Jack moved from the city where we lived in Wisconsin into the woods. (laughs) We moved about uh, 45 minutes away uh, from that city into the first first, uh, kind of country rural living for Amanda and for me, Um, and we're loving it so far. But one thing that we noticed right away since we moved in the spring was the presence of ticks. Now, it may be that when we were in the city, they were there. We just didn't notice them as much. But I'll tell you what, uh, it didn't take long. The people around us were talking about ticks. We were seeing them. We were finding them. um, And it didn't take long before. I found one on my leg. And he was enjoying what our guest today is going to refer to as a blood meal. So, super gross. Anyway, it got me wondering, it got me questioning the things that we hear about tick-borne disease. And, of course, maybe the most, the most common one, the one that we hear most about is Lyme disease. And so, I went on a search to find, in, in our area, in our neck of the woods, the, pun intended, the foremost tick-borne disease expert that there is. And so one of one of my friends, 
steered me in the direction of Dr. Stephen Mares, who is a functional medicine doctor who specializes in tick-borne diseases, including Lyme. He was kind enough to grant me an interview and help us all to learn more about ticks, tick-borne diseases, and what we can do to prevent them, what he does to help his patients to uh, deal with the symptoms and and with the disease, and uh, just help us all hopefully um, enjoy the outdoors a little bit more as a result of what we learn, and maybe even to understand some of the symptoms that uh, we have uh, or our loved ones have, and maybe um, understand a little bit about what might be behind those symptoms that, that we're suffering from. So I know you're going to enjoy the interview. Here are a couple things that I want you to listen closely for. Of course, as I already mentioned, the symptoms of tick-borne disease. Listen closely for that. Listen for what we can do to prevent uh, ever having an exposure to, to ticks and tick-borne disease. And then, in particular, Dr. Mares is going to talk about the importance of having a strong immune system. So listen closely for that and for what he recommends to help us. Um, Here's the thing. Here we are on the Begin Within podcast, and we want to be healthier versions of ourselves. We talk about that all the time. Many of us are doing that by paying attention to exercise, to working out, to eating better, to working on our sleep, um, all the things that we talk about here. And, And of course, there are others. But the, the reality is we could be doing all of that and then we could be, you know, careless or just in the wrong place at the wrong time and then get exposed to some really, really serious diseases even as we're out enjoying nature, which of course is a part of a healthy lifestyle. So I think this is such an important topic and I'm happy to share it with you. And of course, selfishly, I loved the opportunity to pick Dr. Stephen Mares's brain a little bit and understand this better for myself now that this is, you know, part of my my reality day in and day out. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Stephen Mares. I really don't even like the word Lyme disease I, because we call it tick-borne disease. You know, a single tick uh-huh. can give you multiple infections. The chance of you getting only one infection, really burgdorferi, from a single tick bite is pretty unusual. The majority of infections are going to be multifactorial. You know, bacteria, viruses, protozoan can all be part of a single tick bite. So Lyme disease is a single entity of a single bacteria. We call it more tick-borne disease because it's more an umbrella term versus a singular term. Okay. Um, So when we're, I know you're, you're not a tick expert or maybe you are, but when you say tick-borne, is there a certain type of tick? Cause now we, we hear so much like, well, it's just a little, like the, the deer tick that you have to worry about? Is that the case or could it primarily, be from any tick? Okay. Primarily, I mean, the Exoxides uh, scapularis, the black-legged deer tick 
is obviously the vector that we're talking about. And that critter really has a unique lifestyle because it goes through three distinct blood meals. Okay. You know, from its um, larval phase to its nymph phase to the adult phase, it's looking for a blood meal every time. Okay. So these ticks can live year round. They're obviously most active from midsummer or mid spring to late fall. But even in the winter time, they may come out in a nice warm day and they can get cross country skiers or hunters that are outside, you know, enjoying the, the sunny day, they can drop down from trees or, or branches. The, the adults or the nymphs have a back set of legs that hold on to the trees or the grass or whatever. And the front legs are reaching out to grab the host. Okay. The, the um, larva does not have the back legs. So they only have three sets of legs, whereas the other two form have four sets of legs. And that's kind of unique because the, the larger ticks are the ones that are more commonly found causing the infections. And that's because they can grab on in the back and reach forward in the front. Okay. Wow. So I'm not a tick, tick expert, expert, but I do know about ticks. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay. So, so the larger, um, different, I guess the different variety of ticks, like I, I guess around these, and I'm new to the area I live in, in the woods and the, the neighbors are like, if you get one of the big ones on you, you don't have to worry. But if it's a little one, you do. Is that, is that true? To an extent, when we're talking about Lyme disease specifically, that is true. But remember that we're, we're looking at other infections from other bacteria, including things like Bartonella, Ehrlichia, Anaplasma, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Scrub Typhus, uh, Rickettsia, Rickettsii. So all these infections primarily come from ticks. So we call this vector-borne infection. Okay. And Lyme disease specifically is the largest vector-borne infection in the world. Uh, NBC News came out about uh, two months ago, and they said 14% of the world's population has had Lyme disease. Wow. Well, think about that for a second. First of all, there's roughly 300,000 cases of Lyme disease being reported to the CDC every year. And that's markedly underreported. Um, you know, when I find a patient with seropositive, a laboratory diagnosis of Lyme disease, I have to report it to the county that they live in. Mm. Well, most of the time, the county may or may not forward that information to the CDC. So I feel there's a lot of underreporting. But when the research is showing 14% of the world's population has had Lyme disease, which is primarily found in Europe and in the United States, that's saying an awful lot. So in my population in my practice, the majority of patients I see have tick-borne disease, including Lyme disease and co-infections present. Okay. So um, I'm going to just sit on that for a second. So um, if I heard you right, most of the people that come to you have some type of tick-borne disease or Lyme specifically? If they are from Wisconsin or the Midwest, the chance of them never having a tick exposure in their lifetime is pretty remote. We're talking about an organism that could be the size of a pencil tip. So 
when I do the evaluations and what I do is I always tell patients, I'm going to look at their immune system first because the serologic tests, the laboratory tests are dependent upon a healthy immune system. Hmm. So let's say you've been sick for a period of time and your immune system has been beat up and it's been weakened. And then we do this laboratory test that comes back negative. It doesn't really give you a lot of information. But if you do immune evaluation and see that they have a weakened immune system, then you can look at those blood tests that you do to try to make a diagnosis of tick-borne disease and kind of bring that in line. There are certain parts of the immune system that are exquisitely sensitive to tick-borne infection. Mm. If that cell line is down, that's a flag that they may have something going on. And a lot of physicians rely on blood tests to make a diagnosis, but even the Center for Disease Control says, do not do that. Lyme disease and really tick-borne disease is a clinical diagnosis. So I use the analogy um, if it uh, um, looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So if they've been outside and they're a hunter and a fisherman, they've had tick exposures, they've got all the symptoms of tick-borne disease, but they test negative, are we going to say you don't have Lyme disease mm -hmm. or are we going to say you have a negative test and it sounds clinically like you have this infection? And that's where the problem in a lot of Lyme disease treatment is making the initial diagnosis because most of my patients come to me with chronic disease. They've had this for a period of time. On average, seven physicians, 20 months to make a diagnosis of Lyme disease. Well, that, uh -huh. that's, that's ridiculous. You know, it should be the first physician that sees them, takes a clinical history, makes a diagnosis, and then the CDC says you can do tests to help confirm, but not make the diagnosis. And what's happening is a lot of physicians wait for that blood test to come back to make the diagnosis. If it's negative, they say, well, you don't have Lyme disease. If it's positive, they say, well, you do have Lyme disease. In medicine, that's not usually what we do. You know, if you come in and you have a cough and you're congested, we listen to your lungs, we can say you have pneumonia. We don't need an x-ray to show that you have pneumonia. So I think what's happened with this specific infection is people have really gotten to the focusing on the lab test instead of focusing on the complaints and the history. Got it. So um, I'm curious to know about the symptoms that you see and maybe I'm sure there's a, there's a spectrum from maybe the, the, the least bothersome symptom up to some of the, the worst types of symptoms that you see. Sure. Are some of those. Well, initially Lyme disease can be a very simple infection. Uh, it can be very flu-like. So you've got achiness, uh, fatigue, headaches, a lot of patients complain of cognitive issues. Their brains just aren't working well. Mm. Uh, they may, about 30% of the patients will report a ring rash. And that's obviously what people are always looking for. But statistics and research shows only about 30% of patients really see a target lesion, that ring rash that we call erythema migrans. Okay. Um, if you obviously see that and you have those symptoms, that's pathognomonic for Lyme. Nothing else can do that but Lyme disease. But when 70% of the patients really don't see that rash, and now they have these symptoms that are flu-like, and initially that's all you get, they may just blow it off as, well, I, I've got a virus. 
or they may think they have COVID now and they make it a COVID test and the COVID test is negative and you know, off they go. And initially that's maybe all you get for symptoms. But then after that, if it continues without treatment, you're gonna be getting other organs involved and Lyme really affects five organ systems, the skin, the heart, the nervous system, the joints, and the bladder. And it could be really any parts of those in any combination that we tend to see. So it could be somebody that comes in saying, my brain's just not working up and I've developed this joint pain that's kind of unique. And the joint pain is unique because it's migratory. So maybe in your elbow one day, and then it's in your right knee the next day, and then it's in your shoulder the next day. Again, if you get that, chances are you've got Lyme disease or some form of tick-borne disease. Mm. So if you have this fever and this achiness and this cognitive issue and fatigue, and now you develop joint pain, chances are you're dealing with Lyme disease or some form of tick-borne disease, vector-borne disease. Okay. So most of the tick-borne disease, diseases, they kind of present the same in, in terms of symptoms? Well, in my practice, again, I get chronic patients. So I don't get the patients that come in with tick bites and a, a ring rash. They tend to go to their primary care or they go into walk-ins or whatever. Every once in a while, I'll see some acute, but most of my patients are chronic. So by the definition, acute means four months or so after a tick bite or tick exposure. And remember, it doesn't have to be a bite. If you see ticks on your animal, if you see ticks crawling on you, if you have ticks on clothing, that's a tick exposure. Hmm. It's the ones that we don't see that we're concerned about. You know, the ones in your hair or in your back that you may never see or feel. You're not going to feel these. But if you see ticks on you or on your animal or on your clothes, there's a good chance they could be on you. So if you develop symptoms after an exposure, you go camping somewhere and everybody's got ticks, but you don't get a tick bite that you know of, but then you get these symptoms, you probably had a tick bite that you just didn't okay. find. Got so it. you've got to be a little bit cognizant of what's going on. We do have some recommendations of if you do go camping or hunting or whatever, what to do. You can buy clothing that's impregnated with permethrene from Gander Mountain or Cabela's, for example, or you can spray it on yourself. You can even send in your clothes to companies that will impregnate it for you and they'll go through 70 washes. Okay. What was we the recommend name of that when you come product? in from a sorry to interrupt. Permethrine. Permethrine. It's okay. a um a tick repellent. It will kill ticks. When it's liquid, though, it can actually be very toxic to the body. Mm. So you can't really touch this. You can spray it on clothes and it needs to dry before you touch it. Okay. Or you can get it impregnated. Uh, in clothing that you buy, or you can even send it in and have it done. There are companies that do okay. that for you. I got you. Okay. We do have some things you can put on your skin. They're more of a cedarwood uh, essential oil type products that are okay. safe to take. Essential oils are very good. We, I actually have a few companies that we utilize for this, uh, but Cedarside Tick Shield, for example, uh, includes cedarwood. Um, for animals, I recommend Soresto dog collars or cat collars to keep ticks off because if the ticks are on the animal, they're going to carry those ticks into the house and all those ticks can get on you. Mm -hmm. So trying to keep the ticks from coming into the house. 
by eliminating it from the animals or eliminating it from you uh, is what we're trying to do. Prevention is obviously a big part of this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm curious about your perspective on just, um, is it, is it possible to kind of prevent it's, how do I want to say this, prevent it from affecting you by just taking really good care of yourself all the time? Or is it like, no matter who you are, if, if you get Lyme disease or another tick-borne disease, it's going to eventually show itself in some of these symptoms. You know, I've been in medicine for a very long time, over 40 years, and I never would see farmers in my practice. You know, farmers never came in. I mean, for a farmer to come into a medical doctor, their arm's going to have to be hanging off or, you know, <laughs> they just don't want to come in. But after doing, I've been in this practice now for 25 years in Feb, next February, my late wife and uh, Julie uh, and I started this practice up 25 years ago. I never saw farmers. And I was thinking, well, obviously farmers are outside. They're getting ticks. They're getting tick bites. I have to believe they're having tick infections. But I think what happens is the immune system does adapt to these infections. And some immune systems are very healthy and people just live with their symptoms. And some patients' immune system is very weak and they become very symptomatic. So the bottom line, and I always tell patients where the tire meets the road is your immune system. That's really one of the parts of when I talk about the six pillars of, of wellness with my patient. The first pillar is we're going to look for infectious diseases and what it does to your immune system. So looking at B cells and T cells and natural killer cells, looking at autoimmune markers are all part of a workup because if the immune system is compromised, it's going to take a while to get better. So we want to work on making sure the immune system is healthy and active and attacking everything that's not you. You don't want it attacking you, autoimmune. You don't want a weakened immune system where other things can come forward, COVID on down. So I have to believe that there are people out there, like farmers, who get constant exposures to these things, almost like getting vaccinated, if you will. They're getting inoculated with infection. But their immune system is active enough and ready enough to fight this off where they either don't have symptoms or their symptoms they don't care about to bring them into the doctor. Okay. So a kind of a long about way, it's going to affect everybody, but it's going to be dependent upon how symptomatic you are by looking at your immune system. Healthy okay. immune system, probably not a lot. A weakened immune system, probably more things coming up. Okay. And I suppose that would go for if there's some some life event now that weakens your immune system that now makes you more susceptible to uh, experiencing the the symptoms of having that infection. Is that true? You hit the nail on the head and we're seeing that with COVID. So with patients who get COVID and they were patients that I've seen before for tick-borne infection, they get over their COVID, but now they all, all these tick complaints. Mm. They're saying, I feel like I got Lyme disease or Bartonella back again. And we are seeing reactivation of certain infections after COVID. We're seeing chronic Epstein-Barr virus reactivation. And in my practice, I'm seeing tick-borne disease reactivation after COVID. Okay. So what does COVID do? It's going to weaken the immune system and these other infections can come forward. So one of our key therapies when I'm treating 
COVID or chronic COVID or whatever is we want to make sure the immune system is healthy, active, and reacting to infection and not attacking self. We don't want to see any autoimmunity. So we use prescription medication. We use supplemental therapies. We use injections. Uh, we use a variety of things, IV therapies. Anything we can do to help the immune system is what we're after. Okay, great. Um, I, I'd like to just wrap up with this kind of general question for you from your perspective. Um, what would you say is the easiest first step for someone to take who, who's maybe listening and they're, they're really, they're ready to take their health more seriously. What, what would you recommend? Like I said, from your perspective as here's the best thing for you to start with. This is easy, truly. Um, in my practice, I tell every single patient, the three most important words in my practice, and they have to memorize these, they have to remember them. The three most important words, the gut, the gut, the gut. <laughs> okay. Where your immune system is made. It's where you're going to eliminate your waste. It's where you're going to utilize your nutrients. And if I can do anything for anybody, it's always talk about gut health, which is really three things, a good probiotic, a good digestive enzyme, and a good fish oil. If you do that and nothing else, you're going to do better. You just start because it's your gut health. And you're going to help your immune system get healthy. And you're going to eliminate some of these toxins. Now, obviously, there's other things we do, but I always come back to the gut. We heal through nutrition and we heal through sleep. And if either one is compromised, we don't heal. So the gut is where our nutrition is going to occur. It's where we're going to utilize these nutrients and eliminate the toxins that we have to get rid of. So we want to make sure our liver is working well and our gut is working well. And, you know, if you would start with three simple things, a good probiotic, a good digestive enzyme and a good fish oil, you're off to the races. You really are. And that's my one of my first pillars that I talk about with my patients. Okay. Nice. What's the best way for people to um, connect with you, Dr. Morris? We are at Forum Health Fond du Lac. Uh, some people knew us as Fox Valley Wellness Center for the last 24 years. That's what we were known as. But uh, we are now part of Forum Health, which is a functional medicine um, a group of clinics that have been put together for the last three to four years. Okay. Um, so Forum Health Fond du Lac um, is where we're at. And uh, we're here to see patients. Uh, the majority of our patients are obviously tick-borne, but we also deal with cancer, women's health, um, hormonal balancing. We do pretty much everything because we are functional medicine, which is holistic. We look at the whole patient and we try to figure out what's going on with them. Okay. I'll make sure that uh, there's a link in the, in the notes for the show for people to connect with that, that, Great, uh, that center. Yeah. Dr. Stephen Morris, thank you so much for being here on the show. My pleasure. I want to thank Dr. Morris once again for being here on the Begin Within podcast and sharing his knowledge with us. Dr. Morris, like he mentioned, he has been around and dealt with this for so long. And so I, I'm so grateful that he come on and talk about this. And it's just, I don't know about you, but as you're listening, maybe you felt the same way I did when, when we were doing the interview. I was just blown away at the 
the amount of knowledge that he has on this topic. You know, I teased him about uh, being not being a tick expert, but he really is. Uh, I've never talked to anyone who's more knowledgeable about ticks and how they work and what they do. So I appreciate him so much for being on the on the podcast. And I will have a link in the show notes. It is there for you. Go ahead and click on it if you if you're in the area or not, and you want to connect with Dr. Mares and follow his work. Um, you can definitely do that. The link, the the site that he mentioned is linked in the show notes, ready for you. And before I wrap up, I want to revisit that idea of a strong immune system. Again, sometimes we're in the wrong place at the at the wrong time. Wrong place at the right time? You know what I mean. Let's just say in this instance, in this instance, we're working so hard to be healthy and then we get bit by a tick and it's out of our control. Now we have an infection, right? And we may have to deal with that potentially for the rest of our lives, right? It could become a chronic thing. Well, what is the thing that is going to help us more than anything else? preventively, right? And Dr. Morris gave us some real specific ideas on ways to uh, keep ticks away, keep them off, keep them from biting us. But in particular, there's something that we can all do today, regardless of where we live, that is going to benefit us in the future, no matter what might happen to our body when it comes to uh, diseases, things that we might genetically inherit or things that we might contract through some exposure. And it is to make sure that we have the strongest possible immune system, that our body is the strongest that it can possibly be. And I don't mean like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, wow, look at him. He's so strong. I mean, actually healthy, strong. You follow me? And that goes back to the same things that we talk about all the time here, getting lots of vitamins and minerals uh, by means of fruits and veggies, produce, right? Proteins, uh, adequately hydrating our bodies, getting sufficient rest, um, meaningful connections with others and, and with nature, with the world outside of us. And then, of course, having a healthy relationship with ourselves, being able to handle stress, being able to recover from it. All those types of things affect our immune system. And not just, you know, in a, in a really, um, in a day-to-day way, right? Well, I'm stressed, my immune system is weakened. Absolutely. But we have to realize that there is uh, an ever-increasing load that we are placing upon our body and upon our immune system by allowing these different aspects of our life to be out of balance day after day, week after week, month after month. There is a toll and it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And all it takes is for something like we talked about today, some little exposure. And now we have a real serious problem. So what can we do? We can absolutely make ourselves stronger, make our immune system stronger by giving attention to those areas of our lifestyle every single day. And I have mentioned this before for you and and for me, 
and I will uh, say it again, here's what it takes. It takes identifying what area of our life that we're going to work on, what specific thing that we are going to do to improve that area, and then actually figuring out what it's going to take for us to take action on that area, and then doing it tracking whether or not we do it, making adjustments if it's too hard and we haven't been doing it, making it easier so that we can absolutely start moving forward. That's the way we do it. That's the way I love to help my clients, the clients that we're working with, I begin within to do it, whether it be movement-based or whether it be just trying to improve uh, nutrition. One small step at a time. That's the way we love to do it. And so I want to challenge you. What's your thing? What's the thing that you're working on right now to improve your immunity, to make yourself stronger, come what may in the future when it comes to your health? I want to thank you so much for being here with me. And I want to ask you, as I do so often, in fact, I feel like I ask you every single week. So if you haven't done it, here's your chance. Please rate and review the podcast. Share it with someone you care about, maybe someone that you know lives in the North Woods <laughs> of the United States like I do. Um, share it with them so that they can benefit as well, um, or maybe someone that you know of who's suffering from some of the symptoms that we discussed in the interview today with Dr. Mares, so that you can help them maybe to get on track in getting uh, some treatment that's really going to help, really going to make a difference. Rate and review the podcast. Share it with someone that you care about. That's it for me today. I want to thank you so much once again for tuning in with me here on the Begin Within podcast.